0: Nothing you hear in this program constitutes investment advice. It is an expression of opinion only. This is Frisbees, Bulls and Bears. Talking money and markets, what's happening and why. We talk to the experts, the traders, the investors and the companies they're investing in. You're listening to Frisbees, Bulls and Bears with Dominic Frisbee.
1: Hello and welcome to Frisbees, Bulls and Bears with me, Dominic Frisbee. A reminder that you can subscribe to the show by clicking on the subscribe via email button on the left hand side of your screen and then every time I upload a new show you will be notified in your inbox and that's the only email you'll receive. Now we're continuing in today's program with our predictions for 2012 and it's my pleasure to welcome back author and uh, private investor Michael Hampton. Mike is a American, based in Hong Kong. Mike, um, what a pleasure to have you back. How are you doing?
2: I am very well, Dominic. Happy to be here.
1: Good stuff. And those of you that uh, look at um, Internet um, chat boards, uh, discussion forums where they discuss the economy and so on, might know Mike as Dr. Bub. Now, Mike, um, tell us, uh, I've got a feeling that, I I don't think I'm alone in this, I've got a feeling about 2012 that something big is coming. 2011, there was a lot of, Uh, there was a a lot of tension in 2012, a lot of panic. Nothing was really resolved. And, you know, part of me wonders if if 2011 was just the kind of the beginning. Um, So, yeah, so what are you looking for in 2012?
2: Well, I'm expecting this next year to be a truly momentous year. Uh, I think this could be one of the most important years in the lifetime of most of us. Uh, Not necessarily in a good way, but probably not in as bad a way as some people are worried um, I've identified 10 shocks that could transform the world in 2012. And I, I think we should get at least one of them, maybe two or three, maybe even more than that. But I'd like to talk about all 10 because I can't tell you really which which uh, two or three or one of these we might get during the year. So I want to talk about all of them. OK, great. Um,
1: and and uh, tell us, you know, what's led you to think each of these 10 things um might happen as well as you go through them,
2: yeah, I will, and I would like to say something as as you probably know from my from my chat board and various conversations we've had over the last two years or so i've kind of opened up my mind to looking at some different things. Um, it probably started when I looked at astrology, and I realized that although you can't really get concrete, solid you know one hundred percent reliable predictions from astrology, they can sometimes give you a pretty good indication of turning points. And if you apply uh, some training techniques, you can actually use them pretty well in your in your personal training and investing. So I do use astrology um, uh, along the lines that Larry Pesavento, who's been one of your uh, interviewers, um, uses. And I've begun to look at some other things as well. I've, I've dabbled a little bit looking into things like uh, remote viewing, psychics, Um, and various other forms of information that probably some of the listeners to this podcast are going to find a little bit strange and the way I intend to present this is any one of these 10 things or perhaps even most of them could happen during the next year or two Um, so we have to be aware of this Um, and perhaps I can give you some idea of which of these things are more likely as we go through them Um, I'd like to start off with a collapse in the US stock market and really, the main thing that's led me to that is um, there is something called the decadal pattern, which is a, a ten-year cycle in in stocks. And in that pattern, the year ending with a two is usually the most dangerous. And going into this one, we've seen, you know, a number of a number of negative fundamentals begin to uh, hit the market during 2011, and I think those fundamentals could get even worse during the year. So, I think we might see in this year, and I'm really expecting things to get worse in Q3 and sorry in Q2 in the early part of Q3. I would expect probably some of the worst action in the market to happen between June and July, and I think we could see the U.S. stock market fall back below a thousand, possibly as low as about 800, 850. Mean my, my, I mean the 800. Sorry, I, I mean the uh, S&P 500. So you know I do think we probably won't go as low as we did in in 2008 which was 666 on the S&P but my sort of ideal price target at this point would be about 850 and I would expect we'd probably hit that in Q3 uh, with some pretty negative action around about June or July probably mid-July we could see a crash sometime around then and uh, the low could come either in the summer or uh, perhaps be retested in uh, September, October, which is a normal se- seasonal pattern. Why now, you after enjoy that low, it? well, I, that's maybe looking at some astrological patterns and just looking at the time it would take to get a move of that size. So, I don't think we could get there as quickly as Q1. And, um, you know, I don't think the market will go straight down either. So, we'd probably get a drop, and a rally, and, you know, further drops. And so I think we could get down as low as 850, perhaps even lower, um, in an uh, in, in early part of Q3. Um, and that's based partly on the decadal pattern, but also on astrology. And in a way, that's although that seems like bad news, and, and I, I must say that as we go through these, they probably go from bad to worse, uh, with nines and tens being some of the worst. But they're not all bad. None of them are all bad. Because in even this case, I think if we do get a low in Q3, by the end of the year, the market may have begun an important rally, which could take it on a very nice increase over the next year or two, perhaps back to where we are now or much higher. Um, So, you know, bad news isn't all bad news for the year as a whole. And I think that particularly applies to the second one I want to talk about, which I call the whip of the dragon's tail. Now, you may know that... um, Chinese New Year is coming up in about three weeks' time, and uh, the next year that's coming is the year of the water dragon. And um, dragons are associated with some negative things. One of them, unfortunately, is earthquakes. And uh, I, you know, I'm going to talk about that a little bit further uh, in a minute. Uh, another thing is is um, is water dragons in particular it can be associated with health issues, flus, and so forth. So there, there there is potential here, and I know some Chinese astrologers are talking about a possible global pandemic of some sort hitting hitting us in the year 2012. Um, I hope that isn't going to happen, but I think it is possible that we will see a continuing drop in the Chinese stock market and into the early part of the year. Um, As you may or may not know, um, in the last day or so, the Chinese stock market, the Shanghai index hit a new low, the lowest level it's hit since 2000, early 2009. And that was, um, I think it closed yesterday at 21.66. And the low in 2008 was 17.06. And that's that would require a further drop from where we are now of 21%. So I think it's possible we may see during 2012 that the Shanghai Composite would test its 2008 low. And um, normally the Chinese market has been leading the U.S. market, so we may see that low retested before we see the big action in the U.S. Um, now, when you talk about dragons, actually that's generally looked at as to be a symbol of good fortune, um, and uh, Chinese people actually like to have children this year. So another part of my forecast, we're going to see a lot of babies born in the year 2012. Because a lot of Chinese people will be wanting to have their children this year. Because actually, I think the year again may end on a positive note. Because once that low is in place, uh, we may see a nice run in the market. Perhaps the Chinese market will lead the, uh, the Shanghai market will lead the U.S. market back up again. So I would say watch both markets, watch the Chinese market to lead the U.S. market. My, th- my third shock for 2012 is major earthquakes. Um, now you probably know I've done, you may have seen it, I've done some statistical work on earthquakes and I've looked at uh, data showing the number of earthquakes in the range of Richter 7 to 9.9 and for the 30 years from 1980 to 2010 the mean number of quakes between 7 and 9.9 was 14 during that period. In the last two years the number of severe earthquakes has jumped to 24 in 2010 and about 20, we don't have a final figure yet, in 2011. That's two standard deviations away from the 30-year mean. So I think that's pretty significant. And the statistics alone do seem to show that we're having more earthquakes, serious earthquakes, than we've had before. And I expect that to continue in the year um, 2012. Now, you may recall that in my last year's forecast, I think I was the only one who talked about earth changes, and I said that our planet was uh, being stressed and we might see some big changes. I'd actually heard some people forecasting a severe quake in Japan, and even one remote viewer, a guy called Ed Dames, uh, he didn't have an exact date, but um, he had forecast uh not only an earthquake, but a tsunami and a nuclear incident in Japan, and we saw all three of those in March. Uh, one of the people I've been listening to and and following had actually gotten the date almost exactly right. So this is one of these reasons I pay attention to this because although you get many false signals, you occasionally get some amazing forecasts out of these sources, so I do listen to them. And I have noted in my data that statistically, there seems to be a statistically significant increase in the number of earthquakes. Um, I've also looked at that as a cyclical phenomenon and and have have seen that there seems to be a cycle in earthquakes, and that cycle in earthquakes, by my rough numbers, should peak in about the year 2015 or 2016. So we could have a lot of quakes in 2012 and perhaps even more in 2013. Now, this seems closely related, my fourth big shock, and it's really about volcanoes. And there are two that I'm watching, two that could disrupt travel and possibly even the global economy. Um, one of them is Katla in Iceland. Um, I think you're aware of the sister um, volcano to Catlin, which um, disrupted uh, air travel about two years ago. I seem to remember you getting caught in Spain or someplace and having had quite an adventure, well, Catala, which is a bigger quake, is rumbling and making a lot of um, indications that it may blow any time. So we may see this in 2012, and that may again put a lot of ash in the air and disrupt air travel and uh, economic life in uh, parts of the world. The one I'm even more worried about is one called Cumbro Vieja, which is in the Canary Islands. And uh, this is a quake that, um, a lot of people have been watching because along one side of the, the ring, there's several actually several volcanoes lined up. Like I said quake, but I'm talking about volcanoes now. Several volcanoes lined up against each other. And, and there's a mass of land which could come tumbling down if, if, if these volcanoes go off. And some people have predicted that this mass of land is so great that if it collapses into the Atlantic, it could cause a tsunami... Um, That could be 30 to 60 meters high, traveling right across the Atlantic. And a lot of people think this is inevitable to happen at some point, given the amount of um, uh, volcanic activity we've been seeing in the last year or so. This could be imminent. Uh, There's actually a new island which arose from the sea in uh, October, November of this year, um, in the Canary Islands, from volcanic activity. So, it is something to keep your eyes on. Um, I actually
1: um, narrated a documentary about that once upon a time, um, so it's uh, um, it's it's not a new fear. It's a fear that's been around for quite a few years.
2: Yeah, it is. But um, the the uh, the fact that we did see this uh, volcano undersea volcano break the surface in the year 2010, fairly recently in October no, November, and a new island which they're actually calling Atlantis is now being formed off the coast of the Canary Islands from um, offshore volcanic activity. So I think it's time to start watching this one again. Um, Now, number five actually relates to the gold market. Um, I'll say a little bit about gold. A lot of people have been worried by the gold price because it's dropped through the, first it dropped through the 144-day moving average, which uh, I know we've been following, both you and I, and It's worked pretty well for for us in the past. It dropped through that. And um, it then also dropped through the 200-day moving average. I actually personally think the 252-day moving average, which is a one-year period, call it 250 days. It really doesn't make much difference, is more important. And we've bounced off that a couple of times. We're about on that now. So gold actually may be a, a good buy right here. And I've actually been buying hauls on gold in the last few days. And if this moving average holds, we may be seeing a, a low in gold right now. But I am concerned that if that breaks, then we'll have to go down to the next two moving averages, and I'll identify them now. Remember, they're rising in price, but um, they are right now. The 377-day moving average, these are Fibonacci numbers, by the way, is now at uh, GLD 145, which is just just under $1,500 on the gold price, 1495 and rising, and the 610-day moving average, which is a, SPF, sorry, a GLD 131, which is $1,350 and rising on the gold price. So those would be two targets, and we need a break. Uh, we need to break about 1572 on a closing basis for gold, or maybe 1580 if you want to make a round number. Uh, 1570 or 1580 to make a round number for those moving averages to come into play. Now, my um, unusual um, um, shock for 2012 is not just related to the gold price, but more related to the amount of gold that exists in the world. Uh, now, I'm picking up some things on the internet, but the amount of gold in the world could be as much as 10 times. Quantity that um, official forecasts suggest. Official forecasts are in the region of 120 to 160,000 tons of gold, and that's what most people believe there is gold in the world. There are some people out there who believe that we could have as many as 2 million tons of gold in the world, and if this um, rather uh, dubious uh, forecast, these ideas prove to be correct then that could substantially impact the gold price. Eighty-five percent of that gold that's not been found is said to be being held, quote-unquote, off-market in Asia, awaiting the launch of a new exchange in Shanghai. So if we are going to see that, that's a trigger point. Um, and so I think the next year in 2012 could be one of extreme volatility in gold. If this these moving averages I've mentioned previously hold, We could see gold going up as some of the other forecasts I'm coming to come into play. So um, it's going to be really an interesting year to see how the gold price finishes in 2012.
1: Yeah, I mean, my theory on gold, by the way, I don't know if you know Paul Millcreast. He's written some excellent reports on gold. He writes a newsletter called the Thunder Road Report. But Paul says there's more gold in the world than than your proverbial um, Olympic swimming pools worth, or two Olympic Mm -hmm. swimming pools worth but uh, my theory on the gold price is that um, um, if you look at when, when gold had kind of got really silly and ahead of itself in 2006 and 2008, um, both times, you know, like, like it did earlier in the year when it went to 1900, um, both times it just went into consolidation mode for a year and it was kind mm-hmm. of stuck in a range and um, I just think we're, 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 in the same, we're in the same pattern now. I mean I yeah, don't, I'm not be well, bearish on gold but I'm not to be bullish either I think we'll you know we'll probably go maybe fourteen fifty fifteen hundred on the low side and maybe eighteen hundred on the high side and we'll just be just creep up but within that range
2: yeah okay. i i i would tend to agree with that, but I am concerned about currencies which I'm going to come to later here okay and I feel compelled to hold some gold and and also gold option options um because of the very real risks of some currency realignments during this next year. I'm going to come to those okay. uh, later. We can perhaps pick up on that so, at this point. Have we done um, gold? No. Nope. Yeah, I'm pretty much finished with gold, okay. but you know, gold could be impacted by uh, by the equity markets and by the currency markets. Um, number <laughs> shock number six would be the resignation of Obama. Um, I do think um, that. Um, there are some signs that uh, he might not run. Uh, One of the interesting uh, signs, in fact, was in the Wall Street Journal. Uh, And I read not too long ago in the Asian Wall Street Journal a forecast by Pat Cadell, who's a very well-known pollster, that uh, he was really saying that Obama should resign and allow Hillary Clinton to run in his place. Um, Now, (laughs) I do think if Obama resigns and... uh, yeah, and and Hillary, Dragon Lady Hillary, runs in his place, I do think that they would be beat by the Republican candidate. And if Obama resigns for some of the reasons that are being discussed, then uh, that's going to shed a lot of uh, light, I think, on uh, the need that we have, you know, in America for having somebody who's more trustworthy and consistent to run for president. And so if he resigns quickly, early enough in the year, well, Republican... uh, Nomination race is still on. I think there's a is chance to Ron Paul. going to be a resignation,
1: or because of some scandal, or something, or is it because he's just had enough?
2: Well, there are a number of uh, number of different views out there about Obama. One is that he's not actually an American citizen; that he was born in uh, in Africa, not in uh, not in Hawaii. Another is that his father isn't who he says it is; that he might actually be the son of Malcolm X. I'm not per- sure I put much credence in that one. Um, And uh, other ones are that he's really not up to the job, that he uh, isn't interested enough. He's very good at running campaigns and giving speeches, but he isn't interested in the actual critical job of being a leader um, of America. And that's really what people are seeing we need. Um, Hillary's quite, I think, interested in being a leader of uh, of of the U.S.
1: Does it matter if he wasn't born in the U.S.?
2: Well, yes, because there is a law saying that you must be uh, U.S. born, and U.S. Uh, you can't you can't get a passport later in life. You have to be born as an American citizen in order to run for president.
1: Oh, okay,
2: didn't know that. So there are lots of rumors going around, and people who inspected the birth certificates that he's put forward say that they're not authentic. And um, it could be that um, if that is true, that people such as Hillary's uh, supporters who may want to see her run would. Uh, would would come up with uh, with that as a reason for him to resign? If Hillary Clinton um, becomes president,
1: soon. the world is going to end.
2: <laughs> a lot <laughs> of people think that. Um, I narrated
1: a documentary about her behind the scenes at the white at uh, on one of her trips, and oh my goodness me!
2: She's certainly a woman who uh, exudes uh, enormous power, and I think that does frighten people because they really wonder what her agenda is, and. Uh, Anyway, um, I think if, if Obama does resign, and whether he resigns or not, there's a very good chance for the Republican. If it happens early enough, uh, then Ron Paul has a chance. Um, if not, I think without that resignation, I think there's a very good chance that uh, Romney will go through, Mitt Romney will go through and be the presidential candidate and he beat Obama. He's going to win
1: Romney, isn't he, unfortunately? I mean, I just love Ron Paul. There's this scandal about the supposed racist things that he's said to have written 20 years ago doing the rounds. So they're trying to discredit him now. So obviously somebody thinks there's a chance he might actually win the Republican nomination.
2: Well, I'm sure they'll find some things on Ron Paul, but I think he is probably the most known quantity. And after Obama, who people really didn't know very much about when they voted for him as president, um, having a guy who's been around a long time has been very consistent in his views and uh, is real, a man really of conviction who will roll back some of the uh, loss of freedoms that have happened in America over the last decade or two. Uh, I think he's going to surprise people at how popular he is. There's even a rumor going around that Ron Paul might run as a third party candidate with a uh, running mate such as Jesse Ventura and uh, I think that would that sort of ticket would have a chance, but it, if it did happen, it would probably take some votes away from Romney and not so many votes away from uh, from Obama if, in fact, he, he can hold on as president. Um, now, shock number seven will probably not come as so much of a shock to a lot of folks because I'm really talking about a European political crisis, uh, uh, debt crisis and political crisis, um, moving on and... Um, causing um one or more countries um the obvious candidates are there greece and portugal maybe spain leaving leaving the euro and then those countries um finding that uh, their banking systems are in great disarray they have to nationalize their banks and um interest rates go up banks uh, lend quite a bit less in those countries and we get depressions in the countries that leave initially depressions they may actually get better later and um Things could then get pretty disrupted in 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 Europe, um, and we seem to be on that path. It's been disrupted by the holidays, I think. So, we could see uh, increasing pressure on the euro and uh, the European debt crisis. Uh, you know, pretty quickly, maybe in, as early as uh, later this week um, or or next week. Um, they're there as we speak. Yeah, yes, I think it may be. In fact, I will just mention this at this point. Uh, Larry Pesavento, I think, had a turn date today, and although, and I think in his podcast that you predictions you did with him, he was expecting a, a down to up move. The markets drifted higher into this turn date, and it looks now like it might be an up to down move. So, I think some more negative news about currencies and debt might be spilling out any day. Uh, more than likely, we'll see them in January, but we might even see them before that. So, watch this space. Um, and you know, obviously, that would have a lot of impact. I mean, people in the UK now are even talking about how it's going to impact. Uh, you know, banking difficulties are going to impact the property market in the UK. So, this will definitely have a big ripple effect um, if uh, countries leave the euro. And everyone's been trying to kick the can down the road. And I was going to entitle this uh, this uh, discussion today. That, you know, the, the year that uh, the year of uh, kicking the can. Uh, down the road ended because i think people realized that you know it's not really a can they're kicking down the road it's more of a snowball they're kicking down a hill and it's getting bigger and bigger um and you know it's becoming obvious they can't continue to do that they need to deal with certain problems and i, I do think this is the year that uh that they're really going to have to sort out some uh problems with with debt and the uh various uh, imbalances that exist in europe um Now, my threat number eight, or shock number eight, is uh, a similar sort of problem in the U.S. And I do think we're facing the probable bankruptcy of one or more U.S. states. And this could actually cause a rift in the U.S. and the unity of the U.S. And uh, coming right behind this, we might see uh, a collapse in the U.S. dollar. Um, So the funny thing is that Threat number seven, a European debt crisis, might actually cause a sharp, short-covering rally in the dollar as people move their money out of euros into the dollar. And then pretty quickly after that, within a matter of weeks or months, we might see the dollar peak and have a crisis of its own and turn down and fall sharply. And, you know, I think that the, the problems in the U.S. could be quite serious. I mean, there are states, Texas is one which, through an act of its state Congress, can leave the U.S. That can happen very quickly. And if California or Illinois or Indiana or one of the other states um, insists on getting a bailout from the U.S., then you may see some of the stronger states, like Texas, try and leave leave the Union. Wow. And uh, I think we may see some stresses and strains like that in the U.S. during 2012. I wouldn't expect that to... to, uh, reach its ultimate conclusion in 2012 but we may see the beginnings of those stresses in 2012 and maybe by the end of the year a much weaker dollar and that weaker dollar might actually be one of the things that will help the U.S. stock market yeah. in the second half.
1: That wouldn't be um, very good PR for the U.S. if Texas left.
2: <laughs> no and you know the first thing we'll see is them threatening to leave and, uh, and then a long period of negotiation and then if things get so bad, they may actually leave. And I wouldn't expect that to happen all at once inside of a year, but we may see some threats coming out during the course of 2012. Now, I want to hesitate a little bit by moving, before I move into uh, possible shock number number nine, because some people um, who are listening to this are going to think I've lost it. But um, uh, if they haven't already. Um, <laughs> but um, I do think there's a, possibility that we may dis- we may receive a disclosure of an alien presence on Earth during 2012.
1: Hillary Clinton.
2: <laughs> yeah, one running for president. Uh, but no, I mean, there are, I think, plenty of evidence that there is life outside of our planet. God knows there's a lot of... Uh, you know, our our universe is very large and there are a lot of planets out there and we're finding more all the time that could bear a life. And uh, there may be ways of traveling around this universe which uh, work faster than light. We're getting evidence of that during the course of 2011. So why couldn't those people, why couldn't uh, some of those uh, foreign uh, and <laughs> alien presences already be on this, uh, you know, in, in in on our planet? I think there is what I find to be fairly convincing evidence that that is the case. I've not seen a UFO, so I can't be sure of this. But I personally think that the odds could be uh, in the 80s or 90s that uh, there has been uh, contact already made on, on our planet with uh, with aliens. And I think that disclosure of this um, isn't far away. Already lots of information is leaking out of various sources, Um and documents are being released uh, from the U.S. and other countries. And I do think, before the year is over, one one of the countries on the planet, maybe not the U.S., perhaps one of the European countries, will reveal what they know about uh, an alien presence. Uh, and uh, that's going to be maybe huge can, news.
1: Maybe they can bail out the uh, banking system.
2: <laughs> yeah. You know, perhaps they control some gold or something. Um, but... Um, Yeah, so anyway, I know it does sound funny, but if it does happen, I think what's going to come right behind that is possibly a collapse in energy prices because if we do have an alien presence on Earth and UFOs are controlled by aliens, chances are that they are in possession of some technology which um, will make obsolete some of the energy technologies we're we're using at the moment. In fact, people who believe that we do have contact with aliens already – say that one of the reasons this has been kept under wraps is to protect the energy uh, industry from collapse um, and that uh, there's also been an effort to suppress um, free energy technologies. So uh, there's, a, there's a, f- a film out now called Thrift that I recommend people get a hold of and look at. It's very interesting and it, it does uh, support the idea that this could be uh, coming in the very near future. And as I say, it will have a big impact on energy prices. And if it does happen, I think by the end of the year we could be seeing this as very good news. So this is another one of those bad news, good news things where some people might be frightened by this news, but in the end it may be very good news for our planet um, if we can get away from uh, the problems associated with the dwindling uh, oil reserve. Um, now, number four, I, I number ten. I, I had to make it number ten just because it it is very dire if it happens. Um, I'm sure you've heard of the Mayan prophecies, that uh, the Mayan calendar ends on December the 21st, 2012, which is now less than 12 months away. Um, And uh, some people believe that we will, uh, at that time, have a shift in the the axis of the Earth, and that will trigger uh, tsunamis. And uh, there'll be a massive change in the coastlines of many of our uh, continents. Um, now, I don't give this a, a high chance of happening, but I do think that something major is going to happen during the year, maybe more than one thing. And that come the end of the year, uh, as we enter the new chapter in the Mayan calendar, I think there will be a sense of relief and a consensus that we can no longer go on, you know living on the planet the way we are now, using our limited resources, and will begin to shift, um, will begin to be a shift in the way we think. And so the shift in the Earth is probably going to be more of a shift in the consciousness about how we live on the planet, if we see that. So I think, again, this might be actually, if we don't see the tsunamis and the Earth changes um, associated with the polar shifts, um, we may see some pretty interesting changes in the way that people think. And this could be for the better. So I want to look at this and several of the other forecasts in an optimistic way and say that I think 12 months from now, if we do this again at that time, we may be looking forward to the year uh, 2013 in a way that it's pretty hard to do at the moment.
1: Yeah, well, I have to say, if, if some of your predictions come true, Mike, I don't think uh – The probability is that either you or I won't be in a position to (laughs) be recording this interview in a year's time.
2: Well, you know, there are lots of people who uh, claim to see, uh, have the ability to see the future, and they have problems seeing past um, the year 2012-2013. And uh, some people believe it's because of cataclysms, and others believe it's because um, we don't, you know, because... You know, our future really is in in the in the balance, and you know we 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 do have uh, you know a lot more uh, control over our own future than than most people think. So, I think when we see bad news, if we see bad news, we've got to see past it. And uh, so, if people do listen to this forecast um, during and after one of these cataclysms, then uh, I encourage them to look forward and see the bright side of things.
1: Okay well uh mike uh, listen thank you very much uh for for sharing your time and and uh opening up uh opening yourself up to some pretty kind of um ideas that i'm no doubt people will be some people will scoff at but uh you know you hopefully you'll have the last laugh at any scoffers in a year from now um uh but uh yeah i mean some really interesting um ideas there and and um i um you know i'd be surprised if we see aliens <laughs> uh but uh i think it could get nasty in the stock market I, I, there's just no reason for the stock market to go up at the moment um yeah and and uh you know we do seem to be on a trend of more volcanic activity and more earthquakes so you know all those um views might be uh you know might prove true so you know some, some very interesting ideas there Mike and, and thank you very much um, as we close do you want to did, did you have anything you wanted to say in reply to that and then why don't you give out um, your uh, your website address as we close so that people can find out more about you and what you do
2: sure Dominic thanks for the opportunity to to talk to you and uh, your listeners today I appreciate that very much
1: you should and a, I'd like to you should do a, an article on financial sense about this your predictions
2: well, I'll see how this is received, and uh, perhaps if, if people wanted to encourage me to do that, they can uh, find their way to my website. Um, it's called Investors dot com or greenenergyinvestors.com. dot com. Will lead you both paths lead to Rome, I lead to the same website. Um, at the moment, uh, anyone can go in and have a look at what's going on there, but um, there are some sections that you have to be a member to see. And if people want to uh, post on the website or they want to see the private uh, members sections, um, it's free to join. But they're going to have to send me an email. And uh, I'm very happy to receive those. And I'm signing up new people all the time. But please come along and have a look. And if you want to comment on this or get involved in a discussion about any of these matters, uh, please do send me an email. I'll be happy to sign you up. And uh, my email address is on the website. I'll encourage people to go there and find it. It's a special email address for signing up, and it's easily to be found in one of the pinned threads. So, uh, yeah, it's been great fun. I always enjoy talking to you, and uh, I wish everybody the best in what could be a fairly momentous year. And I hope we all get through it, uh, seeing the best uh, for the following year.
1: Okay, well, Michael Hampton, thank you very much, and happy 2012.
2: Thank you, Tom.
0: Frisbee's Bulls and Bears is presented and produced by Dominic Frisbee. To discuss the markets and have your say, why not visit our forum at globaledgeinvestors.com. That's globaledgeinvestors.com. To join our mailing list so you can be updated as soon as a new show is posted, please email info at dominicfrisbee.net or simply subscribe through iTunes.